0: Welcome to the Arena Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. Not just about life and death, but about eternal issues and uh, why we need to be more involved, more prayerful, more serious about the way we approach this. And so it's really taken from the book of Jude. Lots of people don't go to the book of Jude, a very small book, 25 verses. But Jude was the brother of James, half-brother of Jesus. And I, I love both James and Jude because they don't use this kind of big buy-in. Well, you know, this is a kind of, I know Jesus, name-dropping. You hear lots of people, oh, I was just with so-and-so the other day, do you know. Um, they don't use that. They just call themselves servants of God, servants of Jesus. So they enter the messages both like this, but both letters really address the issues of false, false faith and false doctrine and why it was so important. Because it's leading people away from God into something that says it's something, but actually is nothing, and so these messages were really the recognition uh, of what was going on. And um, Jude goes out, of probably the first parts, to uh, to kind of show where people are in in their particular style, because if you kind of follow the faith gnosticism was around it was about the spirit so if the spirit's okay the body can do what it wants That was kind of the message going around very similar to today really and so that jude sets out with these 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 verses and and then three kind of segments and i want to just take um, part of that and just lay it open but we're going to start with jude 22 23 Um, in the niv it says be merciful to those who doubt snatch others from the fire and save them to others show mercy mixed with fear hating even the clothing stained by corrupted flesh and this is what the message says go easy on those who hesitate in the faith go after those who take the wrong way be tender with sinners but not soft on sin the sin itself stinks to high heaven and so these messages kind of, I think people stay away from these and, and so have I for a while because they're hard-hitting verses. They say the condition of people. And, and Jude is speaking to apostotic people. Uh, apostasy was common about people turning away from the faith to, to believe in something different and, and making their own way. They were almost saying there's God's way, there's the devil's way, but I've got a third way, my way. And this is what Jude was speaking into then, and he's speaking into now. And that's why you know, I felt this was so important to bring it. The The advent of the internet and social media and all of the things has kind of thrown out a whole set of, of different voices, all clamouring for your attention. You know, I was in, not in marketing, but I used to... Um, dress windows in the west end so it took me five years to train but it was all a con it was always presenting something that you think you should be but never really ever going to be you know i used to spend an hour and a half dressing a suit bust you were never in this world ever going to look like that it was pinned and if you wanted to card up and and pin people you could be but it was a con and what's being pushed out all the time is a narrative anti-christ anti-god anti-church to say you can do it whichever way you want and it's being peddled out all around now and and even to the to the fact that we have to be careful who we do listen to there's so much stuff out there and so much stuff we can have which isn't bad until you can listen to the wrong stuff that's why God gave us a spirit of discernment to understand the days that we're in because it's so important so when i read the book of jude it's really written to us today with so much going around and you know the spirit of accusation is rife everywhere the spirit of blaming is, is is there around and it started a while ago but it's moved more and more now into an accusation against the church individuals you're reading it more now, it's coming home more. That's why the church is continually being drawn together and actually reaching out. It matters to how we live. We can't just get a by anymore with living how we want. There is something serious happening in our world and it means a serious response. It means a serious response in our prayer life. You know, we can do the the little prayers, and I'm not condemning anybody because it's good that we pray. But there's got to be something more in us that gets aggressive in this. We're too polite in our prayer life. There's one place we can be not polite. It's in our prayer life. We accept so much so quickly when it's not true. Just it's life. But the Bible doesn't say this stuff. It says something different. It says contend for the faith. That means there's something active in what we do. We're not just saying, oh, that's just the way it is. No, that's the way you've accepted the way it is. That's not necessarily how God said it should be. And so this really kind of got into me a while ago and has kind of began to kind of get into me more and more uh, as, as I speak. So I'm really gonna try and stay with the notes because um, I'll go off all over the place, which isn't unusual. So the first point um, Jude makes is, is really looking. So first for the first kind of 3 to 16 verses, Jude is explaining the condition of people. Even angels, he goes on to say. Even angels were fallen. And he goes into how they've been led away. But then he comes in, and a and verse 20 to 21, and he says, but there's an antidote to this. And this is what the antidote is. It says, but you, dear friends, build yourself up in the most holy faith and pray in the Holy Spirit. Keep yourself in God's love as you wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you to eternal life. These are eternal issues. This is not about here and now. This is about eternity. That, that Jude is beginning to talk in and he makes three points about what we can do and should do and need to do if we're going to stay in this faith and contend in this faith. And he says, number one, we've got to to build ourselves up in the holy faith. We've got to stay in the Bible. I'm amazed how many people don't read the Bible. It, it, It amazes me. I mean, other people of other faiths know more about the Bible than some Christians. And I think, why? How can that be? This is a book of life. This is a book that sets out to help you and show you how to live and so why wouldn't we want to be there it's just something it's life to me it's it every time i read it it brings something new to me and so why wouldn't i want to be in these places but the truth is in in some of the stuff that's come back 70 to 80 percent of believers don't read the bible it's an incredible statistic before we get to prayer the two things that we need to do the jew says we need to do these things we think we don't need to because we can go online and see it we can actually listen to it on a sunday morning and you know what you're supposed to do is really go away and think what i've said today is it true or not check it with the bible that's what what's what you're supposed to do if someone brings a prophecy we have to check it is it is it god we can't just sit and say oh well, he said it, so it's okay. Well, I hopefully do tell you the truth. Um, so perhaps I don't need. But the fact is, we're meant to find this truth for ourselves. This treasure, the Bible, is stored up for you to find. It is a treasure. It is meant to be found. It's meant to liberate. It's meant to be insightful. It's meant to give you direction. It's meant to give you correction. It's meant to give you information. It's meant to lead you into all truth if you want to. And this is what we're meant to do. And so he goes on to say, and pray in the Holy Spirit. Now, for lots of people, praying in the Holy Spirit means speaking in tongues. This is not what he's saying, although we should speak in tongues, because it edifies our own spirit, and it speaks in the language that takes our spirit to God. So it's good to do that. But if you're gonna talk to someone in tongues, it's no value at all and i was just thinking i used to um, work with a a man from scotland and when he got excited you you it might as well be in tongues you could you could not understand him it was like he was in a different world but other than that it's a good thing to do but what he's saying is pray in the holy spirit walk in the holy spirit be obedient to the holy spirit And continue in this. Let the Holy Spirit be sensitive to you all the time. We're not worldly people. We're people of the Spirit. We're naturally supernatural people that move and have our being in Christ by the unction of the Holy Spirit. We shouldn't be people that don't know what God's saying to us. We should be open to what he's doing, sensitive to what he's doing, and obedient to what he's saying to us. And so for those things, Jude is beginning to say to us, you know, you need to be in the Bible, you need to be praying, but you need to be in love. And this message has been going around, I've been talking about love for so long now, about what real love looks like. And I think we're beginning to understand what family is meant to be like and what love's meant to be like. How we are to love one another, prefer e- each other, to build each other up, to pray for each other, to actually celebrate in each other's good and to commiserate when people are not doing so good. You know, that's what we're meant to be doing 50 times. It tells us, one another's. This is meant to be priest of all believers. This is meant about us doing something together for the world that doesn't know Christ. And for us, when we are either doing good or bad, that we are together. This is not some fanciful name. When I first um, went to, to uni to study drugs, we had to do a presentation on family. So I was the only Christian there. And so I thought it's going to be really neat and easy. You know, we're going to have, you know, a family, married, two children, normal sort of. Wow. Well, that is not how people see a family that, from a million miles away. I was flabbergasted by it all. How people really see family is so different to how we're meant to be. And so when, you know, I mentioned family. Um, particularly in the counseling service we changed our, our, our language because people don't understand what family means and so it's got a wide meaning but if we take it down to what it's meant to be and we take act two we are meant to be together this is not a group of people turn up on a the Sunday then go home and Jordan turns a bit of music and we do all this we're meant to care we're meant to talk we're meant to share we're, we're meant to be part of each other's lives doing life together And so this is really important. So Judy's saying, this this message of love needs to be in you. So we need to pray. We need to be in the word. But we need to love each other. Because this is how the world sees us. This is why people come to faith. Because there's a love that's beyond what they understand. It's not selfish. You do this for me. I'll do this for you. You scratch my back. I'll scratch you. No, it says, I'm going to love you. And I'm going to do everything I can with whatever I have. Because that's how much I care. And that's how much Christ cared for us. So we're entering into kind of something that Jude speaks about thousands of years ago. I mean, he's, he's already identifying these things that we're dealing with today. China made a statement many years ago, we are not gonna have a physical war. The war will be won through the internet and social connections. That's where you can indoctrinate people and get them to swallow lies. That's what China said. They said the new war is going to be around us, where we can continually push out lies till you believe them. We know if you create fear, you can control people. Nothing new in that; it's been around a long time. You just have to present fear to somebody, and you have to present a scapegoat that is going to be where we can lay it, and then you can start to con- and you continue push out stuff all the time. Before long, you begin to believe it. And so, these things, Jude was understanding. Um, And in our prayer life, you know, more and more I think about this. This is what Ephesians says. We're not battling against flesh and blood, but against rulers, authorities, powers of the dark world, and spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. This is what we're fighting against, and it's all about people. It's about you. That's all about people. It's about evil trying to infiltrate and control people where God comes to liberate and free people. We're saying it today, you know, the sun sets us free. We're free indeed. That's where God meant us to be, free, not controlled. The devil wants to control, destroy, kill your dreams, kill everything about you. And so Jude is once again kind of getting this into. Please don't play... Be these polite prayers. Get aggressive in this. This is serious. This is serious. It's Not about us little group of people here. This is about the people we know, our families, our friends, the people around us. Now, please, you know, I'm not saying let's go out and, you know, take a Bible in and batter people around the head with it, you know, when we go, but live it. We've got to get serious on this. This is what's going through me time and time again. We cannot just sit and be polite and watch the world around us. We can pray. We can have some say in this because that's what we're encouraged to do. In your prayer time, don't just accept things unless God's saying it. That's what we need to do and that's more and more where we need to be pushed into. I was um, reminded of of, um, Christian Anderson, I think. He wrote a prayer book many years ago and he spoke about coming home from a hard day. He'd been out and his little daughter... Had a really, she was really quite ill. And so he was so tired. And um, so he, he prayed the, the little prayer and said, give us some cowpole, You know, that's generally kind of, and we'll go to bed. But she didn't. She got worse. And God spoke to him, and he said, do you care that much for your daughter? Pray. So for the next four hours, he prayed for his daughter. And then she was totally healed. totally healed. Fever went, everything. She just went to sleep and he went to sleep. Sometimes we have to contend before our comfort of, of a five-minute prayer and a bit of cowpole. We need to contend because some of these things are more serious. So my, my, my kind of thing, I'm not trying to thrash you this morning. I'm just trying to say this is serious and we need to respond in seriousness. Jude goes on to use four examples of what leads people away. And please... We are all vulnerable to these things. We are not safe from these. So he's speaking to three groups of people, but these things we have to deal with. Number one, in verse 7 of Jude, he says, Sodom and Gomorrah, sexual immorality and perversions. He says, you are open to this, and this is what led many people away from the faith because they get caught up in this. It's like most things, it's seductive. It starts off as a curiosity but leads you beyond where you should be. And so he says sexual immorality. And then he says in verse 11, the way of Cain. Cain and Abel was an Old Testament, Genesis story. But Cain offered an offering that had no faith in it. It had had an emptiness in it. And and what he goes on to say, if you you really look into it and understand it, it's an empty faith. It's a religious faith that carries no substance to it. And what does it lead to? It leads us into jealousy, rage and murder. How can people? Quite easily. If we take that way and we have an empty faith that's got no real grounding and nothing that draws us in, then we can have a religious faith. And that's what he's talking about. He's talking about that we're all quite capable of this. And then he goes on to talk about Balaam. Balaam was all about greed and profit. That's all he did it for. He tried to prophesy against Israel, but he couldn't. But it was, all about, it was all about greed. It was all about money. It was all about what can I get out of this deal. It was never about can I give myself. It was always about riches and coveting everything I didn't have. Do you know, so many people covet what they don't have and are not thankful for what they do have. And somewhere we've got to be more thankful as a people about the things that God has given us. And sometimes, you know, we do need things. And I think in honesty, when we do need things, we can ask God. But we need to be thankful what God gives us as well. And so we need to be a people of, 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 of gratitude. And then he goes on to speak about Korah. Korah was a rebellion in, when the people of Israel left Egypt on the journey out there was a rebellion it's, it's called chorus rebellion you can read it in numbers um, but the, it was all about rebellion and it was always about pride of self that's what Korah said i don't believe you moses I, I certainly don't hold with aaron it was against the leadership of god it brought something of rebellion to say i'm not following you because i know more than you and therefore i'm going to follow me and that's what Cora. and he says, once we lose the leadership and government of God, we become self absorbent. We, we, it's all about self. And when we get that point, we're in danger. So he lays these four points out, which we're all very, we can, we can move into these very easily. Very easily. And so we have to guard. How do we do that? We go back to what Jude said. We stay in the Word. What does the Word say? We stay in the Spirit. In our prayer life we stay sensitive to what God's saying to us and we stay in love. We're not going to agree with each other all the time. I understand that. That's, that's human, that's family. We're going to fall out sometimes but we don't have to fall out to the point that we can't be with each other. We've got to understand that we're individuals and God's working in us in different ways but we are one. One faith. We're one in unity. And we've got to get beyond this, I'm offended. Do you know, one of the things I loved about ARENA was they talk about the fact that you can, you can, be, you can have offence, but keeping offence is your issue. We, don't have to, we can be offended, and i probably offend people, but if you stay in offence, that's your choice, because we have to let it go. The Bible says, keep short records are wrong. Don't stay there. Don't be in offence. If you use offence as an issue, it's because you've got a problem. You have to learn to let go and forgive and move on and understand and be sensitive, empathetic, and, and work. The, but you can't stay in offense because if you do, it's going to kill you and it will ruin, you, ruin your walk with God. So, look out. So, there's three groups here. We're going to have to go through them really quickly now. Um, so, in verses 20 23, we read those out at the first. The first group are those who doubt. So, you know, I can get my high horse very quickly and say, oh, if they really believe they should be doing all these things and, they, you know, why are they there and all that thing. Now, there's, there's, there's a general doubt, which we all have, and there's a doubt about what God's saying, which is what Jews are trying to say, is they're not quite sure whether they believe what's being said anymore. And this is who he's trying to address. And so the Bible says we have to be merciful to them We've got, to, we've got to show mercy to them. We've got to understand them. Charles Spurgeon, who was the principal preacher, said this. I think when a person says, I never doubt, it's quite time for us to begin to say, our oh, poor soul, I'm afraid you're not on the road. We all have doubts. Unless God puts something in us where, it's, where we just know God said it and we don't have doubts then because God said it and we know it. And it doesn't matter what anybody says, we know it. But for most of us, we have doubts, and we have to deal with those doubts. And so, he's not saying when we have doubts we've fallen from grace and faith. He's just saying we do have them. We question some things. But when we question the doubts, it's because we come to victory over the doubts, and that's what he needs to say. So, the enemy always wants to seek. He did in the garden. He wants to bring you into doubt. He always wants to bring you into doubt because he wants to say, "Did, did God say, did you really get? It? Is that really true?" He wants to bring you into doubt because that's the thing that he, he finds the, the, the most open ground in. And so for, for him to get you to doubt is the first step. Here's a little kind of rhyme I, I knew, and, and you can get hold of this. Um, I, I, I know where I learned this. It says, we need to doubt the doubts of the doubt. In doubting the doubt, we doubt the doubts. It's really simple it is but it was just a fun thing because you know it, it caught me and, and i don't pick up things really readily but i, I learned that because we need to doubt the doubter because he brings the doubts so if we doubt him we begin to doubt the doubts and then we overcome the doubts because we know where they come from They come from him so if you can learn that by the end of this will be great um we all have them so we've got to learn the difference between when we start challenging God and when we have natural doubts that are going to be new to us. The second group, it says we've got to snatch from the fire to save them. This is a group that he, he now begins to talk to, and I like to think they're prodigals. They know the truth, but they began to not believe what God's saying anymore. So not doubting, they're not believing. They now come to a point of not actually really believe in what God's saying. And so now Jude speaks to, the, to this group and he says, we've got to snatch them. This is serious now. We've got to snatch them because in Zechariah 3.2 it says, we take them like a burning stick, snatched from the fire. And so this, this kind of action, so the first one we've got to be merciful. This one is we've got to snatch them. And um, the words used here a really kind of imperative is present imperative it means you've got to get on with this don't sit back on this you've got to do something here and so when we snatch them it means to save them from what we're doing to save them really the word saved here means sozo it's a present imperative it means immediate, fast and continual action please don't give up on people don't give up on them Keep pressing in and pressing even harder when you don't see what your results. Don't just move away and say, oh, there we go, I had to go. Press in because this is serious. So we get hold of this and we take hold of it and we keep on pressing in. You know, when God spoke to me about this, he said the people are cool but they're not cold. They're cool on the faith. They've learned to kind of play in the world and play in the, in, in the kingdom And do you know, if you play in the world and play in the kingdom, you get neither from either. You get no satisfaction because you neither serve the master or you neither serve the world. If you've got a faith, you can't serve the world anymore. No matter how much you try to do it, you can't because you don't fit anymore. So you fit in no man's land, which is very uncomfortable. And so for those he's trying to speak to, and he says, you've got to do something. And for us, prayer is the greatest thing. Not only do we show people love, but we pray for them. And do we pray for them? And we just pray for them every night, pray for my family? No, we get serious. Because somewhere we've got to contend for them. This is not flesh and blood. This is spirit. And so we contend for We push in for them because these are eternal values going on. And so to snatch really means someone who's in grave danger... And they need rescuing from harm's way. Now we know that from kids. Sometimes we've got to snatch them, we've got to to save them because we know they're gonna they're really gonna hurt themselves. And so for us, that's what the scripture's saying. This is not a plaything. Jude is saying you have got to snatch these people out of the fire. They need you to pray for them, to show them. And so it comes back, Jude's trying to say, you can do something about this, it's not a lost cause. Um, right we need to do the third one sorry there was a lot more I was going to talk about on, on fire there and um, because the importance of it fire is used in judgment but it's all used by the devil because Proverbs says enough, fire is never enough it will keep burning up as much as it can now when the devil uses it it's meant to consume people when God uses it it's meant to bring correction to people and deal with sin this is what I don't want to I don't want to be over dramatic or anything, and you know I really thought about this message, but what, what God's saying is we can't just leave this. We can't just leave people to go their own way, because this is where they're going, away from God. We have got to do something. And we've got to do something imperative on this. So the third group he talks to are sinners. And it says we are to show mercy mixed with fear. Now the word mercy here really means to remember before you knew God. It really means, go back to when God saved you. What did he save you from? He saved you from corrupt, he saved you from a lot of things, but he showed you love, mercy, forgiveness, acceptance. And it says there, that's how we've got to treat sinners. We've got to treat them, and accept the fact that they don't know God, but he goes on to say, don't get caught up in, in their Their wrongdoings. I mean, it says, it says really, we've got to go, we've got to go away and not get caught up in what they do. Now, here's the problem for lots of people, particularly uh, uh, kind of hitting the church a little bit more, is that we can we can say, particularly coming up with Halloween and stuff, we can play in that because it's not really serious, but we can still believe. So, we're not getting caught up in the world, but we are because we're being seduced into it, but actually, we're not believing what they believe, but we are, but we've still got a faith. And this is how subtle it becomes, because it, it seduces us it into saying, I want to be part of the world and, and do what the world says. And, you know, our little grandson's been dressed up and, you know, with Halloween clothes. And, is it really important? You know, in a great scheme of things, does it really matter? Well, yeah, it does, really. Do you know, Halloween is the most important part for satanists it's the most important night where they take it very seriously now i know when we're doing it with kids and stuff i'm trying not to be kind of over there and and and, but but actually if we get caught up in some things we are adding ourselves to it and jew's trying to say be merciful to them but don't get caught up in what they're doing because that's the invitation it's not really that important and Jews try to say, yes, it is. Don't get caught up in it, because it's so easy. When I was studying um, demonology and stuff and false religions, I got quite into it. And do you know, I was seduced into spending more time looking at false gods than in the Bible. I was just caught up in it. And, and before long, you're more interested in that than you are in God, who's the answer. And so it's subtle, it's seductive, but we mustn't be like that. Psalm 1 says, if you, if you kind of walking with these people and you're sitting with them and you become like them you'll become like them and so why do we kind of batter on about spending time together because it's so important that we encourage each other and build each other up when we're in the world which we are we're in the world but we're not part of the world We're, we're different in the way that we live not weird but different we're not meant to become like them to win them Paul said I become all things to all men that I might save them. Now he's not saying I'm going to become a drunkard to go and reach drunk. I'm not going to become a drug addict to reach drunk. I'm not going to become you know, a billionaire to reach billionaires. Although if you do, you can tithe and we'll all be very happy. But you know, what he's trying to say is we need to reach people and be merciful to them but we mustn't become like them. Now let me just say because we're out of time already and uh, i'm in trouble here two words i just want to bring it out to here the word fear comes from here uh, means phobos our word phobia it means a strong respect for something that is life-threatening and dangerous sin don't let's play with sin like it's some sort of harmless thing it is going to get hold of you if you don't watch it and this is what jude's saying This word means it's threatening and dangerous to you. You have got to be serious about this. Don't play with sin. Don't go in that little pool and think, I can do what I want. I can live in the world. He's saying, you've got to be serious about this. And he says, we've got to hate it. And this is a word that's strong. And it doesn't mean, well, it does mean hate, but it means to dislike strongly, to have a strong aversion or to detest. We need to detest sin. You really do. And sometimes we can just excuse sin and say it's not that important. Yes, it is. Now, I'm not talking, you know, I am aware that when I talk like this, I sound like a kind of zealous kind of preacher. What I'm just trying to say is if we want to get serious on this, we've got to get serious about our own lives. We can't let this go on. If God's saying something to us, we've got to do something with it. We can't just keep excusing it all the time and saying, well, yeah, it's okay, but but God will understand. Yes, he does. For a season but do you know if you the longer you stay away from God the less you hear the Holy Spirit and he brings to us all those things to lead us into all truth so I want to just kind of bring us to this point and um, so that we are aware that we have a responsibility in this and there is we can bring a difference but it sometimes comes down to me and you to bring the difference we've got to get hold of this and be serious with it We can't just let it go on and accept what's going on in our world. We've got to be serious with this now and begin to make a difference. So the last thing, look up. And I'm just going to finish with with a doxology that Jude brings at the end of him. Is we've got to keep our focus on Jesus. And this is what it says at the end of Jude. It says to him who is able to keep you. To him who is able to keep you, David, from falling And to present you, David, before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy, to the only God, our Saviour, be glory, majesty, power and authority through Jesus Christ our Lord before all ages, now and forevermore. Put your name in there. Because this is his promise that he will bring us into these places. He will stop you from falling if we will commit ourselves to what he says. And so simply, these are the three things We start to doubt God. We start to not to believe God. And if we're not careful, we don't believe there is a God. And this is what Jude's trying to say. It's subtle and it starts with doubt. It's always started with doubt. Ever since the garden, it's always started with, why not? Why can't you? Why shouldn't I? Why can't I have fun? Why can't I do all those things? Is it so important? Well, you've got to read Jude. It's not a hard read. And just ask yourself the question, Jude is speaking into a today's situation by saying, yeah, it is important. This is about eternal things. And so we need to take this seriously. We're not a saviour, we're not a healer, but we are believers. And we can pray, and we can love, and we can show mercy, and we can be merciful. That's what it includes us to be. Okay, we're finished. You can switch the clock off, mate, Um, because it's red.